Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales for your business through the internet. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, I host it. I'm the UK's best-selling digital marketing author and I also run Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Phillips. Now, Laura's here to tell us how we can productize our expertise, whether we're a coach or a consultant or you offer some kind of done-for-you service, and turn it into a digital product which you can sell online. So Laura runs membership sites, she has various digital products, she also has an in-person live event as well. But she didn't start out doing that stuff. She actually started out being a coach and being a consultant and helping people with their digital marketing. But she decided that actually because there was so much client stuff going on and she was very busy and didn't have much time and she also wanted to expand the number of people that she could help, actually it made a lot more sense to productize her offering. So I hope you get a lot of value from this interview. She really takes us behind the scenes of her business and shows us a whole bunch of different ways that we can be using these same strategies in our businesses, pretty much whatever we're offering, as long as there's an expertise component involved. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Laura, perhaps we could start by talking about the sort of products and courses that are most successful that people might want to get started with. So the niche products, perhaps they are, you know, two, two to three hours long, something really easy to create. Those are the ones that are most popular. And so you can really start off just by looking at the skills that you've got. Can you turn a skill that you've got into a product? Is there a part of your service that you offer? Perhaps that you hate doing, perhaps you want to try and get something off your plate, which is actually another really good thing to do. I wanted to get email marketing services out of my agency. I didn't want to do it. And so one of the first things I created was an email marketing course that we gave to our clients for them to actually use as, as a value add. It wasn't even that we were trying to make money. We we're just trying to get this service off our plates. So I think really it's starting to look at how your business operates, how you work throughout your day, what your clients need and identifying that one small thing. I'd say start off with that small thing that you can create that would fit that bill. Um, and more often than not, it's just having a conversation with your clients and, and asking them, you know, what can we do to serve you? What, what do you need that perhaps we don't offer you right now? And, and for us as well, one of the great products we first created was a domain and hosting course. We wanted to get the low profit, low enjoyment tasks off our plate, but that naturally led into, into our business. It was such a small part of, of what we offer, but it was so easy to turn into a course. And of course, resulted in more clients for us. It got those tasks off our plate. It added some value. It introduced us to a new part of like the DIY market. And so this was really just that very short first burst of, of what we did as a service that we just simply splintered off and turned it into a two-hour course and just turned in some videos and a couple of worksheets, which was so simple. That's really interesting. So you're not just you're not just teaching your core service, you're teaching the stuff that you want to be able to offer, but can't at this point, or you can't offer it profitably, or it's like background stuff that they need to know, but you can't do. That's, that's really interesting. Absolutely. And you know, as part of your wider, you know, your client acquisition strategy anyway, which is what is that thing that makes sense? And for us, like domain and hosting, we knew that if someone was looking for domain and hosting, if they were going to go through a DIY course, that could be something else. We could teach them how to build a WordPress website. But what if they got stuck? They were probably going to need our agency for, for support, for maintenance, 
for, for extra custom work. And so it really made sense at that point. This was one of the first things we, we created. It was, it was a WordPress course. And Tim, I tell you, when I look back on this product now, it is flawed. There are mistakes all over it. It is not perfect and polished, but it worked and it sold. And it doesn't need to be perfect. You just have to get it going. There's a process that, that you went through. So you had the idea to create this course. Where do you start with this? Where, where do you begin? If you don't have anything in place at the moment, you're all you're a consultant or you're all a done for you service. How do you begin eating this frog? So for me, it was finding that one thing that, that people were always asking me for help on. And it was it was simply they wanted to build their own website. And that was because they couldn't afford to work with me yet. And so I just well, what is the what is the thing I can give them that is is high value to them, isn't going to take a huge amount of work? perhaps two to three hours long. And it was just a basic setup of, of a WordPress website. And I think there is just this perception that to create a really great digital product, that it needs to be in an amazing website, you know, really high quality video production. This was simply just a webinar, just a way that I could get onto a video, talk people through, show them some cool stuff, answer their questions, but ultimately solve that pain point. Like they wanted to be able to learn the basics of, of getting this website up and running, how to manage it themselves. And I knew that I could actually do that in, in three hours and potentially turn it into a bigger course later on down the line. So it's finding that one thing that people want and then identifying the way that you can deliver that. And I'll be honest, in most instances, when it comes to service-based businesses, just a really simple webinar where you can you can teach them some cool stuff, you can have your presentation already made out. So there's no like this fear that you have to be on, on camera because in you know, my first like couple of years of, of teaching, I hated being on camera. So more often than not, I was actually just doing a voiceover of a presentation whilst I built my confidence in, in being a coach and being a, being a teacher and then doing some Q&A at the end. So you're just making sure that it, it does actually solve the problem. You're adding a lot of value, but not having to create this, this big like 30 module beast of a course just to fix like that, that very small pain point that they've got. So I think finding that product is, is the best place to start having those conversations with your client, kind of identifying like, what is the easiest way that I can create this? And actually that first product that you're going to create is never going to be your final product. It is always going to be this, this, this beta. So I think that's the way that you, you view it. You view it as being like this test of, of does this work? And I think you have to be prepared for the first time that you do it. It's not going to be perfect. And that is, that is fine. I think you and I both know marketing Things don't have to be perfect for you to get results from. And that is definitely the case with digital products. You, you get it out there in the easiest form that you can right now. And I think webinars, recording some, some quick videos and uploading them to YouTube is a super simple way of doing that. And then just building from there and taking that feedback, those iterations, improving the product. And if you don't spend too much time on your first one and your product completely flops, you've lost nothing. You've lost a little bit of time. But if you spend 12 months trying to craft this huge course, and it's not what your market wants, you've lost a lot of time there. This is very true. I'm, I'm wondering if one of the objections that people might have is that they'll go on YouTube, they'll type in whatever it is. So you know, how to build a WordPress website, or whatever. And they'll see a bunch of content that's out there free of charge. And they'll think, yeah, but I can't really do that for my thing, because there's already information out there. So how do you get over that? Is there room for everyone? Is there you know, room for paid options as well as the free options? Absolutely. And I think this is the, the whole thing of, of, of brand building. 
know, people want to buy from people that they like, know and, and trust. And so a lot of this is about you building your reputation as someone who guides people through a process and, and building that trust. And so I definitely had had those fears. You know, I was moving from consulting to coaching. I wasn't a coach. Uh, I wanted to try this. I knew I liked to help people, but I certainly wasn't the best coach. I definitely had a tendency to overcomplicate things when I first started or go a bit too advanced too soon. And I was looking at all these people around me thinking, I don't have that kind of reach. I don't have that kind of following and definitely feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome almost. Uh, it's, it's very, very scary. But if you have got a product that fixes something, if it solves a pain point, and if you are going above and beyond with your customers, you're going to build an amazing brand very, very quickly. And the thing is, you're not going to get to the stage where you don't feel like that unless you do put in those extra hours. And if you're constantly delivering value, 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 like all the time, you really have to shut those negative voices out of, of getting this thing started. And remember that everyone who's got an amazing product, a big coaching program, uh, an amazing membership community, all started off at that stage where they had zero customers and just no no reach at all. You, you have to kind of move past that and just keep the, the content creation process going. Keep finding new products to, to create, new ideas to try, and always putting your customer at the front. And when you do that, things will naturally grow very quickly anyway, but you've just got to shut those voices out and just, just go for it. And remember, we all start from zero. This is true. And I think one of the, you know, the whole thing about there being enough free information out there already to help your customers. Yeah, there is, but they still don't have the, the, you know, they still don't have the result that they need. So with your email marketing course, they still weren't doing email marketing. There's plenty of information out there, but they still weren't doing it. So it's not because of a lack of information. It's because of a lack of information delivered by someone that they like and trust, which ties back to your brand building thing. And the fact that you're building this kind of relationship with them means that they're going to trust your stuff way more than the other stuff that's free out there. So you're really not competing against all that stuff. You've, you've got your own thing going on, haven't you? Absolutely. And I think you know, that's all part of building your community. And, and um, I don't know if you've read the, the 1000 True Fans blog by Kevin Kelly. And, you know, he talks about in this, this, this article he wrote, I think it's about like 10 years old, it has to be by now, um, an amazing piece of content. He's saying, you don't need to have a million followers or a million customers to have a hugely successful business. And so if you can just focus on delivering in a huge way to 1,000 true fans, he, that's what his claim is that you need 1,000 true fans to build an amazing business. When you focus on that, when you focus on your segment of the market, and I, I use the word niche loosely because I didn't really have a niche when I first kind of started out. I wanted to serve business owners, but I was naturally attracting the kind of business owner who I would become friends with because I had the, a, a brand that was about being honest and authentic and naturally attracted people who were the kind of people I'd be friends with in real life. And so building this little kind of family and community and building that trust, it's not as difficult as you think when you are just you in business. You have to be yourself and just put your customers first and focus on over delivering to that really small uh, for me, I call them my business family. That's that's what they call themselves. They they come up with this hashtag in my community called the Savvy Family because it is like a business family. And so I focus on serving that community and that really small community. And I've built an amazing business that can now be scaled because I understand what they need. And so you don't have to have a million followers online to do it. You don't have to have the kind of reach that perhaps some of the, the huge players in our industry have to have a successful business, you can really start off small. And when you're building something around like true fans, 
they're going to buy all your products. They're going to come to all events. They're going to sign up for all your virtual workshops and, and coaching programs and be a long-term member of your community because they've built that relationship with you. And you start to get these true fans quite early on, don't you? As soon as you start putting stuff up, you'll notice that there's the same people who are liking and sharing. And then when you release stuff to, to sell, it's those people who are buying. I remember my very first product that I created was a course when I was a professional drummer and I'd never done any, there was nothing out there like this. I was basically teaching people to record online and I put together the sales thing. I built this massive course. I did it the other way around. I actually filmed 12 DVDs of content before I'd even assessed if there was a market oh, wow. for this, which is just crazy. Luckily, it turned out that there was. But throughout the process of building the audience for that, I noticed it was the same few people who kept coming up and again. And then they join the member site and then they pay for the consultancy. And then they're the ones that succeed. So in any kind of audience, doesn't matter how big it is, you get these kind of super fans, don't you? And you'll start to pick those up as soon as you start building your audience, even if you're relatively small. Absolutely. And so when you focus on those people, their specific pain points or their desires, and you build your products around them, you're naturally going to attract more people far easier. I mean, your your cost per acquisition is going to be a lot lower anyway, because you're really working from, from word of mouth again. And so this whole idea that you have to have all these sales funnels in place, it's just, just not the case. You just need somewhere where you can build that community. For me, it was a, a free Facebook group that I moved then into a paid group. And just being able to deliver value into that group and listen to what they need. That's the most important thing that you need to do. And so, you know, to people who are listening, one book that really helped me, and and this is a mentor of mine, Ryan Levesque, his book, The Ask Method, is how I identified the the big course that is one of my core offerings. It's called the Fully Book Blueprint, my my 12-week program. I created that course off the back of using Ryan's methodology, which is about identifying different buckets within your market and, and what those different groups of people need. That was how I come up with that big idea from, from my course. And it was just from asking questions and, and listening to what they need and creating that product around them. It's actually Seth Godin, isn't it, that says, don't find customers for your products, find products for your customers. And that is the right way to go about it. It's finding the product that they need. That's such a good point. Such a good point. So you mentioned there that you started off building your audience with that free Facebook group, which you then turned into a paid group. So this is going to be something that people who are listening can get started with quite quickly. How did you initially start building that Facebook group? And what was the remit? (laughs) So this first Facebook group is called Smart Savvy and Switched On. It was a business support group. It was a community where I wanted to to help people. And it was born out of a frustration originally that I can see a lot of people in other business groups getting bad advice. And I, you can't compete in other people's groups. You know, if they're getting bad advice, but they're getting it from a leader, they're not going to listen to you. So I thought, well... I want to help people. So I'm just going to create this, this free group. And so I I added some friends in there, told people, this is about growing your business. I'm going to be in here asking, answering all your questions about digital marketing and business growth. It's a place for you to network and, you know, create a really great community. And so, yes, when I first created it, I added some friends and family in and, you know, drag some clients in and you you just got to start hustling to get those first few people in. I created a very basic Facebook ad, which I think my first Facebook ad for that group was was just about saying, you know, this is my story. This is where I've come from. Um, I've come from um, an agency background. I wanted to create a really great community where I could just share my advice with, with people who are just starting out in business. And that quickly grew from zero to 2,000 people in the space of about 14 months. And so it, it did grow quickly. But I started to monetize that group within the first 
three months. And my first product, as I said, was that that WordPress course, because people were coming to me saying, oh, you're great. You know, we really like what you teach. Can I work with you? I'd tell them the price of a website. And they're like, oh, I can't afford that. And realizing that I could still help those people with a, with a course. And so that first one, that first course was just a, a 49 pound webinar that they signed up for. And I decided then to, to start to create some more. So I did them in, in email marketing. Before I knew it, I had eight courses. And so the next natural thing was to, to create a membership academy. But the thing I noticed with my free group was it got me to a certain point in business. And then I realized that my efforts were coming were becoming more diluted. And so I had 2000 members and you can't have that same kind of impact that you have when you've got like 200 people in your group. And so I decided to make my life easier to actually create a, a paid group. So siphon people from the, the free group into, into the paid group and just started to build that again. And then I added a, a website onto it. Uh, then I started to add a coaching program. So this all really evolved over time, but it all started from that free group and having that community, that place where I was just constantly adding value and, and supporting and helping people, which is, which is how you build a business. You know, you, you go out there and you share your ideas through content. For me, having that group where I could control things a little bit where I felt a bit more confident in myself because I was a bit of an introvert I didn't want to be in the spotlight but I really built my confidence in that in that free community sharing those ideas helping people with their questions and essentially all people were doing were coming into the group and asking questions and I was answering them it wasn't anything crazy I certainly wasn't doing Facebook live at the time I wasn't doing any kind of coaching calls in there you know I just did the occasional kind of paid products, which was the, the paid courses, and just building it from there. That's awesome. And something that pretty much anybody who's listening can get started with right now. Absolutely. Borrow your friends and family, create a little Facebook ad. And yes, okay, your, your cost when you're first starting that to get people in there are going to be a little bit more expensive until you start to like dial in the messaging of what this is all about and what value people get. And, but once you start delivering value into a community like that, the word is going to spread and people are going to bring other people in. So it can quickly grow. I mean, as I said, zero to 2000 members in, in 14 months. But within three months, I was already making money from that group. And so it was just all the, the value approach and just being that, that go-to, being the person that they, they wanted to trust and that they could go to for advice about marketing. When you first decided to take this route rather than the agency route, was there a little seed of doubt in your head that said, I'm not sure I know enough about this. I'm not sure I'm an expert. Did you have to kind of push yourself through? And if you did, how did you think about that? How did you do that? I think for me, like the definition of, a, of an expert is, is kind of flawed or our perception of what an expert is. And so I always talk about this with my own communities that the definition of an expert witness in court is someone who knows more than anyone else in the room. Doesn't mean that you need to be the world's biggest expert on a, on a particular thing. You just need to be able to help people that perhaps you know more than. So I was quite happy that, you know, I didn't know as much as everyone, everyone else, perhaps in my industry. There was definitely some fears that people might figure me out that I wasn't the expert that they thought I was. But what you've got to remember is that if you're delivering value, and even if you don't know the answer, if you know a way to get the answer, you're still showing value. So even if you've got no skills and experience, if you can become the, the collaborator, if you can collate information and, and be a curator as such, that is still adding value. So you don't even need to be an expert. 
You don't even need to be like an even a, a tiny smidgen of an expert. You just have to have a purpose and why you're doing this and just, just go above and beyond for people all the time. So yeah, for me, that this whole like expert thing, particularly in the marketing industry, is is flawed. One thing that I definitely learned with, with my coaching practice with becoming a, a teacher, you become far better practitioner within marketing when you learn how to teach because you're learning things from a different perspective. So when I'm learning new things in business and in marketing, I'm always thinking like, how would I teach this to someone else? And you learn it from a different perspective. And so I think you become, you become a lot better. You become an expert. Uh, a lot quicker by teaching, by coaching, and by sharing your skills and expertise with us. So it's actually a great way to shortcut that whole kind of, that journey to becoming an expert. And I, I hate that word, I really do, because I think we've all got value to add and we've all got the ability to curate and, and collaborate and create a great little community, even if we don't feel like we've got as much skills as other people. I think you made a really good point earlier when you said that you realized that your skill was taking marketing and, and simplifying it into concepts that anybody could follow. I think that's really important because you're adding value to your community, not just because you know more about marketing than everyone else, because actually the knowledge is, is all kind of out there. Really, the value that you're adding is about making it something really actionable that anybody can do, isn't it? So people are a bit worried about, oh, you know, there's there's people in my area that know more about me. Like when I wrote my first SEO book, there's people who know way more about SEO than me, but I was good at explaining it to someone who'd never done it before, who was like my mum or a tradesman or whatever. And actually, there are different ways to add value that aren't just purely the information that you're sharing on them. Absolutely. And within my market, you know, I work with a lot of business owners who are, who are just starting out. And so I always feel like one of my, my superpowers in businesses such is helping people to believe in themselves before they believe in themselves. And so it's, it's giving them the tools, it's giving them the strategies and giving them a bit more confidence in themselves because when they've got those things, they can go ahead and do all those things in marketing. I love to introduce them to the people who, who have taught me. You know, I've, I've been mentored by some incredible people in business. And so I don't try and pass off their knowledge as mine. I don't need to because I've built the relationship with my tribe. I can, I can send them to all these people who I've learned AdWords from, you know, Facebook from. I, I don't need to be the expert because it's not about that. It's about how you present information. It's how you give people skills. It's how you give them the belief in themselves. That's what keeps people coming back for more and more products. It's not that you are the, the world's you know, biggest expert. You, you just don't need to be. You just need to be someone who, who actually cares about your customers. That's what's going to win, win, win the business in the end. It's not about your skills and expertise. So you've got your membership now and you've got your various digital products. How do you decide what to focus on next? The membership kind of keeps going and you know you keep putting people back in. You've got your product launches, which you do a few times a year. How do you know which, you know, where, where you're gonna focus your time, what's coming next for Laura? I think definitely listen to what your your audience is saying. So I work mainly with consultants, coaches, and creatives. And a lot of them are seeing such huge opportunity in the, the e-learning niche with digital products. And so they all want to start moving away from that. And there's never been a better time to do it. So for me, actually moving away from being the kind of client acquisition person to helping people increase their profitability in their business through digital products. And so really just trying to keep ahead of, of what they're looking for. So although they're maybe not thinking about 
creating that digital product right now, they're probably going to in about a year from now. So just listening to what they're saying, listening to those frustrations they've got, you know, they're talking about they don't have time. Well, how can I help them get time back? And so I'm trying to niche down some of my, my products, some of my, my coaching programs, certainly, and make my, my membership site more niche and more around increasing profits, uh, creating new digital products, and, you know, definitely niching down what I do. When I started, Tim, I didn't have a niche. I was working with with small business owners they all wanted digital marketing expertise um but i that's not really how the market is going for me coaches consultants and creatives they all want to have a little bit more freedom they want more profitability and so i'm starting to kind of build that niche um, a little bit better now and move away from just being the the kind of client acquisition person because people want more and you can have more and there's never been a better time there's never been better tools never been more opportunity to actually move away from that. So listening to what people want and creating more niche products around that and definitely kind of dialing down my own marketing message in terms of my membership community. That's really, really interesting. I guess a lot of people would think that it might go the other way. So you'd start niche and then go broader, but actually you're finding that you're starting fairly broad and then narrowing down your focus. Absolutely. So when I first started out, you know, there's always a strong focus on this perception that you need to find your niche. We hear it all the time, don't we? And I just didn't have that when I first started. You know, I was building websites. People would come to me based on my style, not necessarily based on the fact I worked in a particular niche. And so I found when I was creating content and I started my business community, I had all different kinds of people. I had e-commerce businesses, coaches, creatives, consultants, other marketers. And so I didn't have a niche, but I, I really I knew that I needed to start to niche down and so it was just trying to find the one that actually fit the best with my skill set so I think if you have a broad skill set it's a lot easier to niche down your audience to begin with and but don't be afraid to niche down I think we can feel like sometimes if we if we niche down if we narrow our focus that we we start to exclude people but there's so much more opportunity in the niches you've only got to look at websites like Udemy to see like the most obscure niches that people work in and create courses in. There's, there's some crazy things in there because like the internet has just opened up the whole world. You don't have to go local anymore. And so I didn't have a niche. I knew I wanted to, but I'm really, I've let that evolve very organically over time. I've listened to my customers, what they need, how they see like their market is changing and the kind of things that they want to do in the future. I'm really just building my business around that. It might even change again in two, five, two years, five years, 10 years. You, you just don't know. But I think as long as you're listening to your customers, you're always going to be able to foresee those changes and then just change what you're doing just to fit that or, you know what, completely pivot. Who knows what I'm going to be doing in five years from now. It goes back to what you're saying with the Seth Godin quote, doesn't it? Design the product for your customers or, or find a product to sell your customers because you are so in touch with your customers through Facebook and I guess through the coaching calls and webinars that you do, they start to tell you what they want to buy. Absolutely. And you know, definitely the last two times I've launched my my coaching program, most people who joined the first time round were joining because they wanted to get off the cash flow roller coaster. This time, I think, as perhaps my marketing message has evolved and the industry is changing a little bit, most people were joining was because they wanted more time freedom and better profits. And so you can start to see how sophisticated your market is getting and just anticipating how you might need to change you know, your service and your product to change that. And for me, you know, the consultant, the coaches, the creatives, they all want to start getting their time back and, and becoming more profitable. And who hasn't used some form of digital products? Like everyone has. So it kind of makes sense that people start to build that into, into their offerings. So yeah, it's a big part of what I'm going to be doing moving forward. That's awesome. 
Laura, is there anything else that you want to add for people who are thinking of taking their first steps into creating digital products and maybe some memberships as well? You know, like I said, you know, find what your audience are really hungry for. Um, but I think let go of this perception that you think everything has to be perfect because it really doesn't. You know, you can start off with a small product, um, delivering it just through a, an easy webinar. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything overly designed and, and beautiful for you to get results from. And just just keep going through that creation process. You know, your first product might flop, but it's just taking that feedback and creating your your second one and not giving up. You're not going to be able to quit your business and, you know, go and live on a beach after your first product. Um, Oh, what? (laughs) But you can become far more profitable. You can move away from one-to-one. You can stop leaving money on the table. You just have to get out there, listen to your customers, what they want, and create products and just go through that process. So, yeah, it's, it's a great industry to be in. So much opportunity right now, but it's not an easy money maker. So uh, if you don't have the skills, partner up with someone. That's a great point. And that's how people, even people like Frank Kern got started partnering up with people. So definitely a viable option. Laura, where do people find out more about you and the Savvy and Successful membership? Well, actually, Savvy and Successful is not open for enrollment right now, sadly. We're going through some big changes and moving to our new membership platform. However, you can find me at laurafillips.co.uk. You can subscribe to my email list there and know Savvy and Successful will probably be opened up Uh, towards the end of of 2017. Um, But yeah, you can definitely find my website there. Amazing. What are you moving over to, Kajabi? Um, No, I actually use LearnDash. I've got Infusionsoft and Membarium. But when I first launched this, I just had this on like the laurafillips.co.uk domain. So actually, this has become its own brand, its own website, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like a a bit of a growing up of of my brand and a bit of an evolution. So LearnDash, Membarium and Infusionsoft is what I use for my my membership portal. Cool. Just before we go, it's a very quick PS. I noticed you've got some fantastic quotes from some super heavy hitters on your site. I just wanted to ask you about your approach to networking. So how do you view these guys? Like people like Todd Herman, who's creator of the awesome 90 day year. You mentioned Ryan Levesque as well. Are you checking out these guys' programs? Are you joining their memberships? Like what's your approach with this? So both Todd and Ryan have been incredible mentors in my my business. Um, Todd was my first mentor actually. And I got to know Todd through his program, the 90 day year, which is amazing. And Ryan, Levesque and I, we, we shared the, the same kind of like what we call our secret to success. And it's to become your, your mentor's best student. And so, you know, with both Ryan and with, with Todd, you know, I went all in on both of the programs, started to, to become really active in their communities and kind of naturally built this kind of friendship and, and kind of mentee-mentor relationship. I would get invited to, to help them with, with their business, be involved in projects, all through this like this value approach. So I was just in their groups, like just just adding value, helping people. And I think too often people think they're giving away too much of their time. But if you can be in these groups and communities where you see huge entrepreneurs like um, hanging out, if you can start to become the person in that group who is always visible, who is always sharing stuff, always being helpful, even if you don't feel like the expert, it doesn't matter. We all have some value to add. It's going to get you noticed. So yeah, that's my my approach. Like, be the best student you can be. Add value wherever you go. Like, I always want to be the person in the room who adds more value than anyone else. And that's kind of what I learned from Todd. And so that's something that's really kind of helped me in my business. It's it's create some amazing relationships with with people who 
I just like looked up to and admired for, for years and years. So get in their programs, get in their groups, get on their radar and ask for opportunities and you cannot go wrong. Awesome. What fantastic advice to finish on. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks, Tim.